What's up, y'all? It's Miles the Millennial, the millennial who's actually not a millennial, but is technically still a millennial. And it's your boy Rex Howard Jr., the relationship coach. All right, y'all. So we're here today, and we have another episode, episode four of the Let's Talk Like Men podcast. And today, we're going to talk about that money. Mm, money, 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 money. Yes, sir. <laughs> so this is a topic Rex brought up today, and I think it's a great one because uh, as men, right, as men, we in a lot of ways are going to need to be, you know, the leaders in our household that know how to manage, bring in money, how to use it properly in order to establish, you know, a great footing for our own personal lives and for our family's lives. So, um, Rex, I know this is a big one that we really want to get into today. So without further ado, let's, let's talk, talk like, like men. men. All right. So um, before we get into all of that, bro, I just want to do a little quick little check in. How you been, bro? How, how was your week? How are things going for you? Man, I've been good, man. Work was a doozy, but that's all, all right, man. You know, we, we do our best. We make sure we stay focused towards our goals, man. So I'm feeling OK. That's super solid for me. Uh, work has been busy as well, but my uh, master's program has been kicking my oh, man. butt. Like even tonight, I got a five page paper just due. I got a quiz I got to take. So uh, as soon as we wrap these things up, I'm right back to the crib and got to get to work locked in. So um, that's that's kind of how that was. So I guess we'll go ahead and get cranked up. And my first question I have for us is how was money brought up? Like, how were you brought up around money? Like, what was it like in yeah. your household? OK, so that's a good that's a good one. So in my household, you know, I will say a, a blessing of mine was that with my parents, two family uh, household, two parent household, they both worked both brought in money. Um, we never had times where we money was really a problem or a question. We didn't, mm. there was, of course, my parents telling us, hey, you can't have that. We're not gonna pay this much money for this. They wouldn't spoil us, but my parents definitely took care of everything that we wanted and needed for the most part. Okay. You know, we didn't have to grow up in a mindset. I know something that we talked about was like scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have to grow up in a scarcity mindset. Now, we didn't necessarily grow up with an abundance mindset either, but you know, we're a, a stereotypical middle-class home where, the things that you need, you get, and you get a good portion of the wants. Um, okay. But the experience, something that my parents, you know, really pushed in our household, especially my dad, was who was the one that we really talked to the most about money. When we did talk about it, he would always say to save your money. That was his number one thing. More than anything else, save your money because your money will save you. Yeah. He used to have a saying whenever we would go make money. He'd say, <laughs> save your money, save your money, spend your money. Don't spend all your money. Right. Save your money, save your money. That, he used to repeat <laughs> it over and over again. But it laid a, a foundation for me that was helpful to a certain point in my life. And now I am uh, trying to elevate from that point. So that was my experience with it growing up. Okay, so my experience was a slightly different, although I did have both of my parents working, right? Um, one thing that I knew about money was when things were good, they were good. But when things were bad, they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the good times, you know, we had groceries in the house. Um, uh, we could get a couple gifts here and there. Um, we could go out to eat certain times and things are really good. But whenever money got tight, we just knew there was moments when my parents would be like, no, 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 we can't do this. Yeah. No, we got food at the house. Yeah. No, y'all don't got, we don't need to buy this. We don't need to buy that. So that mindset put me in. I already knew something was going on based on how they were reacting. So that's kind of how that was. And also growing up, man, we was on, we had food stamps uh, at school. It was a free reduced lunch. Yeah. So, but the thing is, we didn't know we were poor, mm -hmm. right? Although although my parents made money, um, and they made enough money to pay the bills and we were never like, we never went, out, went without. But at the same time, 
we didn't have the kind of money the kids had at school. Yeah. But within my community, all of my friends, we all lived the same. So it was normal. It was normal. It didn't seem <laughs> no different. <laughs> we didn't see no difference. So it was normal. Only time we felt different is when I took a step outside of my own community or my own friend group and went to a friend's house outside of that and was like, oh, wow, y'all. <laughs> y'all live a little different. Y'all live different here. <laughs> y'all live a little different around here. So for me, that was kind of my introduction um, to money. And one thing I always knew was anytime money got bad or things slowed down, it got real tight around the house mm-hmm. and the energy shifted. And that's something that I had picked up on in my adult life. Yeah. When money's good, I'm happy. Go yeah. lucky. Let's go shop. Let's yeah. go eat. But as soon as the money gets bad or slows down, I get real tense, my mood shifts, and my energy going towards doing certain things absolutely goes away. So that's kind of so. So let's ex- let's expound upon that. So you're saying that the things that you experienced growing up from your parents has translated into how you kind of deal with money today and how it affects you in your life. So 100%. you know, you you mentioned something, a, a point that you wanted to bring up, right? You said what was it again? I said. Uh, your habits will, well, your parents' habits will become your habits if you don't change them. Yeah. Right? So, for instance, one thing that, one thing that I noticed growing up, um, I, I knew nothing about credit card bills, yeah. anything like that. <laughs> but I remember, um, I remember sometimes using my parents' phone, there would be an 877 number. Yeah. Always call. Yeah. And my people were like, oh, ignore it. Don't answer it. Hey, <laughs> ignore it. And I'm like, who is it? And they will always call. Don't worry about it. Just ignore it. Um. And I later found out it was a credit card company, mm-hmm. whether whether that was coming from a furniture store, a regular credit card, no matter where it came from, it was a credit card company. So with that being the case, because I didn't have that financial literacy growing up, once I got my first credit card mm-hmm. and I missed my first payment mm-hmm. and I got that phone call, yeah. I'm like, oh, snap. Yeah. I am repeating the cycle. Yeah. Now, Did look, you press ignore? Now I'm ignoring <laughs> it. Look, now I'm ignoring it. And, and. In my in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like this is exactly what my parents are going through. But because I, that conversation wasn't there behind money, the uh, the literacy behind money wasn't there, the knowledge behind money wasn't there. Yeah. Um. And like you said, my parents would tell me to save my money, but there was no other conversation behind what to do next. Yeah. Yeah. What am I doing with my saving what am money? I doing am I putting it, it towards something? Yeah. Am I saving it for something that I want to get? Um. And because there's no, there was never no conversation behind it. Um, I would buy things that I couldn't afford. Mm. I couldn't afford. And have you ever did that? Oh, for sure. Shoot, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you one <laughs> even better. There's a quote in my book in the chapter where I talk about wealth and money, right? And the quote is, we buy things we can't afford mm. to impress people we don't even know <laughs> with things that we don't even need. Say that again, bro. One, say it one more time so they can hear. We buy things we cannot afford to impress people we don't even know for things that we don't even need. That's so important. It's needless stuff, stuff you don't need at all, right? You go out there and buy that Louis V belt, that Gucci belt, so you can feel fly, them <laughs> Gucci shoes, right? You can't afford them. That was your last money, or can't. you spent uh, used a credit card bill to do it, right? Now you're in debt. Then the next thing you know, you did it to impress not your friends, because they're going to look at you just as cool regardless. They may give you a little dap, you know, whatever. But it's really right. for all these other people that you're going to see in the club, right? right? I want them to know I'm somebody important. I want them looking at me. I want these girls when they see me, oh, he a stepper, right? That That's the thing. You, you're impressing other people for things you don't need. You don't even need that bill. You don't even need those shoes. 
it ain't changed nothing about you except for your bank account balance, which now you're going to have to deal with the ramifications once this night is over. Yep. And you're going to be sitting there looking at like, why did I buy this? And, you know, it's crazy. Um, within my community, friend group, and then even my personal self, I got to the point where um, if I came across it, like, for instance, refund checks. Mm. <laughs> Talk about right. it. Right. Refund checks. Yeah. Right. Um, before I got to college, had no idea what a FAFSA was, had no idea what a refund check was. And to my understanding, it's my money. Yeah. Not knowing I got to pay it back. It's got to go back. So <laughs> if if you're broke and you're not used to having money and you're not, you don't, you're not used to having a conversation behind what you're supposed to do with your money, as soon as you come into some money, yes. especially money that you didn't have to work for or earn, yep. oh, I'm about to blow it. Yep. So as soon as I got my refund check, I remember my first college refund check was three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. First time I've ever had three thousand dollars in my life. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about what y'all trying to get into. Uh huh. What y'all trying what, to do? We what, up. Right. What do I need? I go buy a MacBook. Uh huh. Go buy a MacBook. All right. That already cuts my money in mm-hmm. half. Right. Not only do I go buy a MacBook, I go. Um, you know, I'm in college. I need some shoes. I need some clothes. I go buy a couple of different things. I bought a suit. Now I'm, I'm my money's getting lower and lower. You know mm-hmm. the party's coming. People want a bottle. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Whoop, whoop. I'm about to pay extra to get into this party so we can cut the line. Now, now a week or two go by and I'm, I'm, I'm back at square one. Yeah. So I got when you you got money you don't have to work for. I became became that person where I would spend it simply because mm. I knew mm. I didn't you know yeah. it was there to spend. And that was a cycle that continued for me until I understood the importance of having your money and putting it towards different places. Like, yeah. so what was your experience with that? Man, no, that's real. So it, it's funny because you mentioned the key part about this is money you didn't work for, right? A lot of people will at least try or be more aware of how they spend their dime when they know they had to work all those hours to get that check. Right. Right. So you think about it because you start looking at the money you're spending as hours at work. Yeah. Like this $200, that's two days of work. Like, I don't, I don't, is it worth two days of work? So you start to at least have a little bit more respect, but it's when people come up on money in life, right? Yep. And this is a financial discussion for everybody. I, I had those similar experiences, man. You go up, you come up on some money. I, my situation, I came across a situation where I got a scholarship that I wasn't even expecting and mm-hmm. they gave me the check, right? But I already had like my schooling covered, so I didn't need it. So I got to just keep the money. It was probably $2,000, I think. Big. So I was just like, all right, bet I got this money. I didn't do anything with it, right? Like nothing useful. I didn't know anything about investing. I didn't even really think about saving because to that point, I'm like, I'm a college student. What am I saving for? Like Thanks. spend this. So I go buy what basically the same things you said, <laughs> right? Spending at parties, spending on food, spending on clothes. And it left me, right? Your money's going to leave you. And that's what I want to say about this next point. If you don't have a plan for your money, your money will leave you. Mm, get in, get into that, bro. Right? So a budget, right? Let's just break it down. It's really talking about budgeting. Okay. Every single one of your dollars, and I got a frame of mind for you. Look at every single one of your dollars as an employee. Mm. Look at them as a worker for you, right? So picture them as a bunch of little employees and you the CEO of the company. Okay. Now, in a company, right, everybody has their own role. Everybody. You got your HR department here. You got your, your finance team over there. You got your developers and coders over here, right? Everybody has their own role. And it's the same thing with your money. You need, okay, this portion of my money goes towards a savings. Yeah. This portion of my money will go towards investments. This portion of my money will go towards my grocery bill. This point will go towards my electric bill. All these different things. Your money must be accounted for, tracked, and put to work, or it will leave you. Mm, that's good. That's really It good. is so crucial. And it's something that over my life, I've made a lot of money, 
and lost it all. I had nothing to show for it. And I never felt like I had bad money tendencies, right? And what I realized is I didn't. Like, I wasn't just out here completely blowing it, get my check, and then it's gone the next day. But it was over time. I go out, and instead of buying the groceries to eat in my apartment, I'm going to go eat out every single night. Yep. Right. Because I don't want to spend the three hundred dollars a month up front on the groceries and then cook them. I'd rather think that the ten dollar meal from McDonald's. But that adds up At every single time. Right. Let's say you you eat out twice a day. Let's just say on the low end, because prices are high. That's twenty dollars a day that you're spending on food. Yep. Right. Twenty dollars a day over 30 days is six hundred dollars. That's double the amount you would have spent had you bought the groceries. Adds up. And that's if you only eating out twice. Let's be real. Most people going out eating every single meal out. Most people don't cook. Most people don't do groceries. So when you're not putting up a plan for your money and making better decisions with it, it's going to forever leave you. And you're not going to even recognize that it's gone. And I went through a cycle in my life, bro, where I was working so hard. I would work, get my check every two weeks. And every two weeks, my bank account was back at the same point that it was the last time the check hit, right? Right before it hit. And I'm like, man, I'm not making no progress for all this work I'm putting in. So so you're saying every two weeks, Mm -hmm. you was looking forward to that payday? Every two weeks. And I think that's so important because um, it goes to our next topic, pretty much knowing your zero. Knowing your zero. Knowing your zero. So Mm -hmm. for those- Tell us about that. For those that don't know what I mean is- Everybody has a zero, right? Mm. If you were broke, you're not used to having money. Once you come across money, your zero is actually zero. Yeah. If you run into $500, that means your zero is when you spend every single dollar that mm-hmm. uh, 500. But if you make your zero $10, yeah. then you know if my account gets to 10, I can no longer spend nothing else. I am broke. Yeah. Until your zero becomes 100. Once yep. your account hits 100, you know no matter who asks you for what, you're broke. Yes. And then you continue to make your zero higher and higher and higher until your account looks like what you want it to look yeah. like. So I'm going to give you a perfect example. So uh, my in 2017, I made $17,000. Mm-hmm. $17,000. I was just working valet, yeah. part-time valet. Um, I, had, I was driving a 19... 1998 Cadillac. <laughs> hey, you couldn't tell me you couldn't nothing. tell you nothing up. 1998 Cadillac, low rider, man, that bad boy. If you hit a speed bump, you the whole, feel it. <laughs> the whole bottle will fall out. So, um, I had a blown head gasket on the Cadillac, mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to figure, all right, what am I gonna do next? One of my dad's uh, good friends gave me a call. Said, Listen, Rex, I got a new job opportunity for you. Um, you can make forty thousand dollars, but I need you to move to North Carolina. Hmm. He was like, and if you do take this job, then you got to leave school for a year. Oh, man. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I having conversations with my pops. And pops are like, listen, man, this will be a great opportunity for you. And you can come back to school whenever you feel like it. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. So I got the job acceptance. He was like, first and foremost, you're going to need a new car. He was like, so go get you one. Yeah. And he was talking about it as if it as was just that a, easy. A, an easy process. I've never bought a car before. My yeah. Cadillac was handed to me or gifted to me. So... I go to the store, car lot, mm-hmm. and I go uh, I go looking around. I pick up a pick up a Honda, but because he was so used to having money, mm-hmm. he wanted me to look like I was used to having money. He wanted me to buy an Alexis. Really? And I was like, that's not in my budget. Yeah, he was yeah. like, if you're part of my team, I want you, I want you to look like you're part of my team. So I end up sticking with the Honda. Mm-hmm. I move into North Carolina. I my first apartment I got was I was only paying six seven hundred a month, but this new apartment was a thousand and ten oh, a month. Man total difference so i'm making forty thousand dollar uh forty thousand dollars a year new job new location 
new car, new everything. My paychecks were roughly $2,500 every two weeks. Mm -hmm. But I was used to only making like six hundred yeah. every two weeks. So with that being the case, I found a way to blow it. Yeah. Every every paycheck. Cause you're zero. From my zero was zero. Yeah. I had just left from making valet money. Mm -hmm. I was used to getting tips here and there. Okay, cool. Yeah. I know how much I had to making this amount of money um, every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And because my zero was still zero, every at the end of every single month. I had nothing. Yeah, nothing left. Nothing left. My dad always say, yo, son, you putting some money up? Mm -hmm. No. No. <laughs> no. And until, this is the key point for the fellas that's listening and for the ladies. Until you learn how to manage your money, mm -hmm. until you understand the concept behind money, saving money, budgeting money, you will always be left with nothing at the end of the month. Yep. And you'll be stuck trying to figure out or wait on the next payday. Exactly. You're going to always become that person. And it's going to always have a lot of ups and then mm -hmm. you're gonna have a lot of downs and then you're also gonna live a life that you can't afford mm -hmm. because because of the money you're making yeah so that's now, my quick story bro. It, it's real and what you're talking about is the difference between like an, a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset mm. those two things right so when you're talking about your zero let's just picture this everybody has been through this situation before right so when you were a kid if somebody handed you 20 bucks that was a lot of money to you rich what what i can get with twenty dollars like that's crazy to you now somebody hands you twenty dollars or tell you to do something like if you was a kid you'd have done anything for twenty dollars yep. you'd run a lap around a track ten times in a row all right give me my money yep. somebody tell you to do something for twenty dollars you could be like stop playing with me right <laughs> twenty dollars is not gonna mean anything nice. to you you know when you got a little bit older and you started working in high school maybe a hundred dollars was a lot of money to you or a thousand dollars was a lot of money to you now you may look at it like, man, $100, $1,000, that's my rent. Like, that's that's money to take care of this bill. But at the end of the day, I know this money is will literally be gone so quick yep. because you have a different zero, right? Because of all the things you have to pay for, the things you know about life, your zero has now risen and it's changed. So you know this $1,000, I can't treat it willy-nilly because I'm going to need it. And then you get to a point to where you're making enough money to where $1,000 ain't a lot of money to you no more. Facts. $5,000, $10,000 is where money starts to be money to you, real money. Then you get to a point to where $10,000 ain't nothing, right? It just keeps going up in life. And what I want people to realize is when you have a scarcity mindset, you're constantly thinking from a perspective of, oh, this money right it, it can never go anywhere yeah. it's gonna it, it's gonna be fine i'll always have it you're i'm gonna get paid again and it'll be right back let me go ahead and make this choice yeah. abundance mindsets think from the perspective of no this money is for a future purpose it serves a reason in my life and i'm not going to put myself in position to lose right i talked about this That's before good. on my channel where i said the difference with how you look at things like price versus value tells you if you're a scarcity person or an abundance person right nice. scarcity mindsets always determine things by price they say how much is this going to cost me yep right people that think from an abundance mindset say how much is this worth yep right there's a difference there's a very fine line between cost and worth because when i say how much is something going to cost me i'm already thinking about losing how much am i going to lose right then this is twenty dollars do i can i afford to lose this rather than saying is this worth it? What is the value of this to me? Because this $20 may actually be worth something that's worth it, right? Yep. Because $20 for a meal at McDonald's is not the same thing as $20 towards a book that could change your mindset. At all. So you're looking at the money as equal because of the cost. See, that's scarcity. But if you start looking at things from a place of what is it worth to me? What is its value to my life? 
now you're thinking from a perspective of does this add to me or does this subtract to me? Mm. And that's so fundamental when you're talking about your money because you'll start to realize all the things in your life that subtract from you or don't give no value at all, like purchasing those 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 gaudy things and the things that give you value. Yeah. Right. That's man, that's a huge and what came to mind was so I've been listening to this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out the podcast was going on tour. Mm-hmm. And I found out they were coming to the city. And they said, in order to be in the room, it is going to cost you $100. Mm-hmm. And if you want VIP, it's going to cost you $450. Mm-hmm. Listen to the podcast um, has changed my thought process on things that you value, yep. things that you like you'll put a price on. And... I was thinking to myself, I have never paid a hundred dollars to go listen to somebody yeah, talk. Yeah. But I'm glad that I did it because the value that I got out of it was mm-hmm. worth way more than a hundred dollars. Yeah. The value that I got out of it can change my business. The value yeah. that I got out of it told me that in order to have a business, in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you gotta have systems. Yeah. And if you try to run your business all by yourself. All by yourself and without <laughs> systems. You, your business, not only will it, well, I'm not going to say it's going to fail, yeah. but it's not going to be able to. It'll be limited. It's going to be very limited. Yep. But once you have systems in place, then you can take yourself out of the equation and let your money grow for you. Yes. Let your let your, let your your business run right yes. by itself. So so let's talk about big. systems real quick because I, I want to get I want to give people some tangible advice on what you can do with your money, y'all. Okay. So I'm going to give you all some real life examples of what I do with my money. Right. When, when the first of the month gets hit, I'm on salary. So they pay me once a month. Right. Which sucks. You want to talk about having to learn how to manage your money? <laughs> Think about when you only get paid once a month. You got to really be disciplined. Right. So systems take the guesswork out of it. I'm a human. That's right. what I've realized about money. If I keep putting it in my hands, I'm a fumble the bag. 100%. So let me get it out of my hands as soon as possible. When the first of the month hits and I get my check immediately, I think it's. 30% of my money gets taken and goes straight towards investments immediately. Well, no, it's 20% towards investments, 10% towards savings. It, I already have it set up in my bank to auto withdraw. That's so my, my, my stock brokerage account takes 20% of my check and puts it straight into the market. I don't touch a thing. That's good. 10% of it comes out and goes straight automatically to my savings account. I don't touch a thing. Right? So now I'm living from 70 and this is a very key point. If I promise you, people think that at the end of every single month, I'm broke, all my bills. No, it, it's not your bills that make you broke. Now, your bills may, if you don't not make enough money, your bills are too high, right? It can leave you with only a little bit. But if you're still able to go to the, the parties, yeah. if you're still able to go out and eat fast food instead it. of buying some groceries, which will cost you less. You got it. If you're still able to smoke some weed and buy your gram on a daily basis or a weekly basis or get your alcohol. You you're it. not you're not broke off of bills. You're broke off of decisions. Yep. Poor decisions. Poor decisions. So I, I hate the mindset. Oh, we just don't make enough. If you, the only reason you should be sitting here saying you don't make enough is if your bills and your revenue that comes into your account are damn near even. Yep. But if you got five hundred dollars extra to spare once your bills are done, and you're not doing something with even a hundred dollars of it. I'm not saying you have to take the whole 500 and just throw it away, put it in a savings account or in the stock market, right? You need something. But even if you just took a percentage of what you have and put it away for a rainy day, that will put you in a position to where at least a year down the road, you have a thousand, two thousand dollars saved up, which is better than having nothing. So people have to stop making excuses for themselves when they say, oh, I don't have no money. No, you make bad decisions with your money. And so your money leaves you. 
So my advice to people is immediately when you go start living your life based on 70 instead of on 100. So when you look at your money, let's say you make a thousand dollars every single month. Stop looking or a thousand dollars to a thousand dollars every two weeks. So stop looking at your check as this is a thousand dollar check. Look at it as 700 and yep. live from that. And I'm, I'm telling you, 95 percent of people out there will find that they actually could live from the 70 percent. We're just so used to being from zero that that's what we do. Mm. If you don't put yourself in a position to live from that 70 percent rather than living from your 100 percent, you will lose 100 percent of what you have. So you have to put yourself in position to think from a different mindset. If you don't, quote unquote, change your mind to change your life, then your life will not change. And not only that, some people may be able to live off that 60. Some people mm -hmm. may be able to live off that 40. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the choice that they have, because a lot of times what happens is people create this persona or this perception of who they want to be, yes. of who they want people to think they are. Yes. And they think they got to. Uh, do everything to obtain his life yes to to keep this lie up yes so they'll buy these things they'll buy the cars they'll buy these bags that they really can't afford and at the end of the day they'll continue to spend all their money so a question not a question that i have for you guys but a statement that i have for you guys is this if there are things when you look at when you look at what you're spending your money on and how you're spending your money um when you look at what you're spending your money on and how you're spending your money if there are things within your budget that you can take out Yes, I would say do that. If, if if you were paying for uh, a monthly subscription on a game or for music or for Netflix, but you're not utilizing Netflix all the time like that, you can cut those things out. Exactly. Save you a little bit of money. Put that money towards something else. Because like Miles, Miles is into investments in a trade in stocks. I personally have not stepped into that field yet, but I realize the value and I see the value that comes from that. So I'm going to take it upon myself to learn and enhance my knowledge. If yeah. my parents didn't teach me, it's my job to teach me so I can pass it on to my kids and I can pass it on to my partner and continue um, to, to to keep up this growth mindset when it comes to financial literacy. Man, and you know what, what you're saying here, man, is a penny saved is a penny earned, right? Mm. So every single dollar you can save and find a way to cut out, you know, all the BS that's in your, your financial picture is not just saved, like it's earned. It's gonna be able to go somewhere else that can potentially make you more money. Yeah. So one of the biggest things is your mindset about the decisions you're making. So let's go a step further. I'm gonna talk to you guys about the fact that when you go to buy a car, instead of going and getting you a used car that's functional, like maybe 2014 Toyota or 2011 Toyota, something like that, right? It may not be the prettiest thing in the world, but it's getting you from point A to point B, and you may not even have a car note on it, Thanks. right? You could do that and be saving so much money. People are gonna go, and they are gonna go buy that 2021 or that 2022 model, pay, put down 5,000, 10,000 on it, and still gonna be paying a $400 a month note and in insurance. Yep. And then wonder why their financial picture looks the way it looks. You didn't have to make that decision. You wanted to. They, you wanted to. You could have got a car that, uh, the, the car do the same thing. It gets you from where you need to go. You forwards and backwards, point A to point B. That's what you need a car for. Not to look cool, not to have the nicest everything that you want, right? Same thing with, with when you, uh, you move out, right? And you go get your own spot. When you go get your apartment, do you have to go get the high rise downtown? That's 1,500, 2,000. $3,000 a month so that you feel like you're killing it right. so that you can make your Instagram post to show, oh, I'm making it. If that is not in your playbook, right? 
If that's going to take 50%, 60% of your money out of the picture off rip, you're not going to have any money. You're going to be broke because you're thinking, oh, I make $2,000 a month. The rent is $1,400. I'll be good. Uh, you still got to pay utility bills, Man. groceries, put gas in your car. You're not going to have nothing left over. You're going to be broke and trying to find ways and you'll never be able to get out of your funk until you make decisions to cut out the things that are unnecessary, man. It's so crucial. And you got to. And everything he just said is something I've lived, something I've absolutely lived. And it's like you have this amount of money. And I've always told myself I always want to be comfortable with my car and I always want to be comfortable with the place I lay my head. Mm. So I would spend a little extra for mm -hmm. those two because of my comfortability. But at the same time, it also makes me look good if mm -hmm. I live in a good apartment. Exactly. So outside looking in, it may seem as if I have it all figured out. It may seem as if I'm rolling in bread and I could be struggling. Yeah. I could have nothing. Yeah. I, could, I could be late on my rent. Yeah. Uh, but because it looks good, I still feel good. Mm -hmm. So, guys, don't make that mistake. What I want you to do is live within your means until you're able to live how you want to live. Real. And then even once you get to that point, you will understand the value of saving. You will un understand the value of investing. You will understand the value of pouring into more knowledge to learn about how to make more money, save more money, and, and spend your money the smart kind of way. So I think that's very important. And listen, bro, I want to add this. And this is something that we're supposed to bring up in the beginning. I'm not sure if this happened within your family, but nobody ever wanted to talk about money in my family. No, facts. Um, money you, was taboo you couldn't ask about how much somebody made mm -hmm. you couldn't ask about how much somebody spent the only time you would see money be talked about moved around is when the offering plate offering plate got passed mm -hmm. in church mm -hmm. like, oh who, who, who dropped oh, that oh, i'll tell you one other time when somebody died in the family and y'all gotta figure out how y'all gonna fund the funeral because ain't nobody had no life insurance no life bro <laughs> literally i speaking of, i just got life insurance it's a beautiful thing Be how much was it a month bro 17 dollars a month Bruh. for a hundred thousand dollar policy Bruh. it just gets you started off literally gets, you feel me literally. just gets you started off and as you grow up well as your money <laughs> grows you can make better decisions and you can add more to it but the the fact that if i pass today tomorrow or next week that my family has a hundred thousand dollars to take care of my funeral expenses not only my expenses but if they had any kind of debt that they exactly. needed to pay off they can Good go ahead and go. knock that out. And you telling me, right? So this is where just decision-making and mindset. Are you telling me, the person listening to this podcast right now, you don't have $17 a month Man. that you could put towards a life insurance policy? Oh, no. Not, let, let, let me be real. You, you don't have it because, oh, who wants to get a policy on my body? I'm, they're going to try and kill me off. Of, Facts. Come on, bro. They've been saying that stuff for decades. Ain't nobody trying to kill you. Okay, nobody's going to take advantage of you for your policy. First off, people shouldn't even know who the beneficiary is. At all. Unt until it's announced. It's, exactly. So it's like, bro, you, you guys, we have to, as a community, as men, we have got to get to a point to where our finances... I don't want to say they're the most important thing because, you know, your mental, all that other stuff is very important. But I'm going to put it this way. They got to be in your, 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 your priority circle, that hierarchy of needs. Because... If you get your money together, it frees you up to be able to have time right. and choices that can help you in all these other things, right? If your job is tearing you down, well, when you have enough money where you don't have to go in and answer to them, you have freedom of choice. Right. But if you're broke, guess what? Even though they tearing you down, you got to show up again because I need them because I got to pay my bills. You don't have a choice. And also, let's talk about how that translates over into relationships. Hmm. For the fellas that, that are listening... 
um, not I don't know what your goals are, but you should have a goal to want to be able to take care of yourself yeah. and take care of your future family. Yeah. Whatever you and your wife or you and your girlfriend decide on how you want to spend your finances or use your finances as a man, you should be working towards making sure you can be an be an executor. An asset. Yep. Be an asset, like like Miles said, and however that looks for you and your family. But that should be something that you should be able to work on. There should be a rainy day fund that you should have. One of my neighbors, he's a six figure earner. He told me, he said, uh, Rex, um, the goal for me was I wanted to make enough money at first to put away $10,000. He was mm-hmm. like, that was my first goal mm-hmm. um, to save me for four months. Mm-hmm. And then he said I wanted to put enough away mo- enough money to save me for eight months. And then he said the goal was also to put enough enough money to save myself for a year. So if COVID hit again, I lost my job, uh, somebody got sick, or I just became disabled, I'd had enough money yeah. to pay all of my bills and my expenses for that whole year, and I wouldn't have to stress about yeah. it. A lot of y'all, even myself, if everything shut back down and you lost your job, you may not make it to the end of the month, or you may not make it for the next two months, yeah. simply because the lack of preparation going towards that. So I think that's very important. And once again, I'm going to say that one more time. You should be able to save up enough money to last you a month and then work on being at four months and then save up enough to last you six months, mm. eight months, all the way up into a year. Yep. And once you get to that point, you can keep adding and keep adding, but that's just something that would be very smart. To do. All right, bet. So we're going to talk about this. I'm, I'm going to break down some numbers for you guys. Okay. So there's a, a number system out there that's going to help you know what your number is to save up, right? So mm. Rex is on point with this. But the thing that we have to specify is how do you know what your number is, right? And then what is enough, what isn't? So you know your number by knowing your expenses, mm. right? So if I have $500 a month in rent, $300 a month in excess uh, house-related bills, $200 a month towards gas, that's $1,000. And let's say groceries is $200. So let's say $1,200, right? So $1,200 is the number that you must have saved away. That's your 1X, right? That's your one times. That's your one month multiply that to get to the different places and you'll know how much you need to have saved. So I'm going to give you all a quick tip. Your first goal is three times. That's what you need to work towards. Three times your monthly expenses, right? So if you, if your stuff, let's use that scenario, $1,200, your three X in savings is $3,600 in savings. Once you get there, you have reached a point that we like to call financial stability. Like that. Right. That's financial stability. And by that, I mean, you're stable, Right. You have enough that if push came to shove and you was out of work, you have three months to figure something out and know that your bills are still taken care of. You don't have to extremely rush just yet. Right. That's stableness. The ability to hold on. That's stable. Your next goal, once you reach your three X, you go for six X. Right. So twelve times six. Uh, twelve hundred times that six is seventy two hundred dollars. So that's your next goal. That is what we call financial security that's good security you have half a year in almost any circumstance the 3x is usually enough in most circumstances now covid was different right and we could face it again but in any other time but that three months is enough for you to get out there work probably find another job you'll be okay before you run out security right this is when once you get to 6x that's when i want people to really start looking into the potential of investments Right. Mm. Until you get to that six X number, don't focus on putting your money anywhere else but in a savings account because you're still too at risk 
to be putting your money where you can't access it right away and need it right away. Because when you put your money, it comes off the principle of long-term investing. Once you get to that point where you're investing, your money going to sit for decades. You're not going to touch it. We think patiently. We think focused with our money, right? So 6X, once you reach that 7,200, right? If your $1,200 bills, that is financial security. The goal is to reach 12X or higher. Once you reach 12X, we call that financial freedom. Mm. Financial freedom is when you can walk around and if your job is pissing you off, you can say, F you, I'm gone. I'm gone. Financial freedom is where you say, I want to leave my lease and I ain't trying to get a bad thing on my credit. Here's the next three months paid for. I'm gone. Financial security is if your girl or somebody else in your life is trying to pressure you to do something that you don't want to do, but they hold money over your head. You know, here you go. I'm gone. Gone. Yep. That's why I like to think about I'm gone. (laughs) That's how I look (laughs) at financial freedom. That 12X number is what you're looking for. So 3X is stability. 6X is security. 12X is freedom. And all this is in liquid savings is in money that's in a savings account that you can access. When you have that 6X number, you can start investing, and that can be a topic for another day. We'll talk about investing and and how to really get into that. But follow these financial goals, and I promise you, within a year, you'll reach that 3X. 100%. You will, if you're dedicated to it. You'll reach that 3X. And I'm going to tell you the other side to it. Because you have a plan for what to do with your money, if you get a job promotion, right, you don't have to, you know I'm not about to change the means that I have. Okay, now they're paying me double what I was making. I was doing good. I'm going to still live like I'm making the money that I was making before. And the remaining amount, I'm putting it towards my savings until I reach that 3X and then that 6X and that 12X. You now have a plan. If you have a plan for your money, it will never leave you. You put your money to work. I'm telling you, think about every dollar bill as a worker and ask yourself, are my workers being lazy right now? (laughs) Are they working? (laughs) Are they working? Because if they're just sitting in your checkings account waiting to be spent, they're lazy. And you're going to spend them and you're not going to have good use for them. You're not getting what you're paying for them. You're not getting enough out of them. But if you have them and they're sending your savings, they have a purpose, right? You guys are my reserve troops ready to go to war if needed. Yeah. Right. When you get your investment, you guys are working every single day and night to make me more money. So I'm going to leave you all with this quote. And then Rex, you can leave yours and we can wrap up. So my quote to you guys is if you do not find a way. To make money in your sleep, you will find a way to work until you die. That's powerful. If you don't find a way to make money in your sleep, then you'll find a way to work until you die. Yes. That's Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, came up with that quote. Man, man, man. How can I combat that? I think I'm just going to freestyle it. Um no matter of fact yeah i'm going freestyle this is this is my it's gonna be quick short and simple fellas ladies listening make sure that you are living living your life and saving your money to please the life that you want and not the life that you want others to think you have Mm. so Mm. so save your bread save your bread uh be intentional with your savings intentional be budget your money like it's supposed to be budgeted if you're in a relationship, don't try to overspend to overimpress. Yes. Because there's going to be a time and a place for all of that. I promise you. Yes. Don't try to go on these fancy dinners. Yes. I don't try to speak facts. Go on these crazy uh, vacations. 
if you go on this vacation or if you spending money on these dinners and you look back at your account and you can't afford to do that again, mm-hmm. then listen, keep saving. Mm-hmm. If your partner isn't patient with you and, and, and your partner doesn't understand that you need to save or that y'all need to save in order to do more, bigger and better, have much more fun and get to the point where Miles said that financial freedom, yep. then listen, you need to reevaluate all of that. So, But it's, it starts with you. I got to jump in real quick. Go I got to jump in real quick because you just said something and I, man, I wish we would have talked about this a little bit earlier with the relationship side. I'm going to give y'all real life right now story. All right. So I'm gonna give y'all two circumstances. So last year, pandemic hit, COVID hit, right? And me and my girl, we were talking about how we wanted to go to Jamaica, Mm. I believe to celebrate, we were going to do it to celebrate our two year anniversary. I think that was like the occasion. So we were going to go on a trip to Jamaica. Um, We were going to split the trip. um, But I was just looking at it. It's like, I know I could have technically afforded it, right? I could pay for it. But what it was going to cost me in the long run, the value of it in the long run, it was not going to be worth what I could do. And I knew that I needed to put a pause on it. Right now, I was feeling really apprehensive because my girl really wanted to go on this trip. And I've always been a man of my word. Like, I don't make no promises I can't keep. Right. So I'm like, dang, bro, is she going to look at me different? Like, I, I kind of got to. I don't want to disappoint her. But I had a bigger picture. Right. I knew the goals that I was trying to reach. And I know she knew the goals that I was trying to reach. And she had always been supportive. So my whole thing was, you know what, bro? If you know this isn't going to make you happy, if you go on that trip, all you're going to be complaining about is how much stuff costs. Man, Man, this costs too much. I'm not going to be able to enjoy it because I'm thinking about the fact that I really shouldn't be here given my money situation. So I said it would be better off if I told her the truth, put a pause on this, gave a plan to her for when we could go to work towards that, make sure I execute on that one, but put myself in position to win. Right. And so we had that conversation. She was hurt. She was upset. Right. She was real disappointed because she wanted to go. But she understood at the end of the day, even though she wasn't happy, even though she didn't like it, she understood. And because of that, now we'll be going on it next year and I'm going to pay for the whole trip. That's beautiful. Because I'm in a place now where it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about it. We'll be good. So and then the second thing I wanted to tell you guys was. When it came to spending just as me and my girlfriend in general, like like I said, I have a plan for my money and goals. So I have a budget that I have for miscellaneous things. I had to set up a budget for me and my girl. Like, look, it's mandatory. You every single time I come in town, she want to go out. We want to yeah. go to this place. And I'm like, look, I love you, baby. But you killing my pockets every time we come because you want to do so many things. And I know you love me and I know I love you. But we can find either free things to do. We can find a lot of other options. My pockets be hurting when we doing all this. Yeah. And she understood and everything. So I had to tell her, look. $100. When I come in town, you got $100. Whatever you want to do, we'll go do it. That's what we got. And $100. $100. That's what we got. And people can say, oh, you're being cheap. I don't care what <laughs> nobody else thinks, bro. Facts. I don't care at all. And the, the thing is, to me, it doesn't matter. Because when it matters and when I have it, she gets showered with, with gifts, love, ventures, whatever she wants. When I have it. I make sure she knows that I appreciate her. Yep. But when I don't have it, I'm a, I'm not about to fake the funk for you. You can't. I'm not about to play games and act like I'm in a position that I'm not. Just to for what? If you really down for me, you're going to understand this. Because I do the same thing for you. If you sat there and you told me, babe, I just don't have the money for this, then either I'm going to be the one paying for it or we're just not going to do it. And you know it's crazy? And the bigger picture behind this is this. The fact that, Miles, you work so hard to do what you want to do mm. and the fact that you have a partner that appreciates the work that you do and mm. understands your grind that hundred is going to easily become a thousand easily 
that thousand can easily become whatever whatever easily. it needs to become once you get to that point. Exactly. And she will appreciate that a hundred. Yep. Be you know what I'm saying? That's be, the foundation. That's the foundation. Because it could be ten. People people <laughs> want you first off, we are young, bro. Like we in our mid twenties. Yeah. We're not in a position to be out here <laughs> living this baller status and giving our girls Birkin bags, Louis V every time she bro. I'm not in the position to go and have you staying with me and I pay all our bills. That is not where I'm at. Because even though I could, the place it will put me at would not be allowing me to progress into the man that I know you and me want me to be when it's time for us to get married and have kids. That's facts. If I'm putting all this money towards taking care of you and me rather than just taking care of myself, right? And you taking care of yourself, how am I going to progress? You're not. Can't. You're not. So... I think that's very, very, very valuable. Everything you just said, what just got put into this podcast, understanding your money, understanding your wallet, understanding how important it is to have the right partner besides just going to understand your reasoning behind your dollars yes. and they see your vision. You got to make sure, fellas, you can't just, you got to make sure she sees your work ethic. You have to make sure that she knows that you're intentional about your money because she's going to appreciate it. If you can't afford to do big things right now, do the small things right yes. now until you can do the big yes. things. Because she will appreciate the big things more because she knew the work that got put exactly. in on the back end. So, once again, listen to what he just said. Take notes. Listen to the podcast two or three this times. Because you're going you're gonna to hear something new every single time. Yes. And then, last thing I want you to do is, once you're listening to this, if you made it to this end, I really, we appreciate you. But get out a notebook, write down all of your expenses, mm -hmm. write down um, how much money you make on a monthly basis, how yep. much money you spend on a monthly basis. And if you want to free up some money to do other things, knock off, knock off some things off that list that you can afford to knock off. If, yep. it's, if it's not going towards rent, utilities, car, groceries, if it's not going towards that, because if you got a budget for haircuts, you got a budget for sneakers, you got mm -hmm. a budget for all this self-care stuff, if you can afford to knock that off to save some money so th the bigger picture can right. be poured into, then do that. The bigger picture. The bigger picture. That's the message. The bigger picture. Ah, so that's all I have for y'all. Man, that's <laughs> it, bro. That that was a killer. We might have to come back just to talk about the money and relationships one again. But, you know... That was one, one hell of an episode, bro. Um, I think they're super, super valuable, all the things that were said, yeah. right? Fellas, don't listen to this and not execute. Don't. You're playing yourself. You're going to be the same place doing the same things, right? So let's execute on this, guys. This is Let's Talk Like Men. Make sure you click that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast, make sure you follow it and subscribe to it. Yeah. Make sure you share this podcast with at least three people 100%. because you know between you, your fellas, your cousins, your brothers, they need to hear this too. Yep. Send it out to them so that we can get this money right and we can be the leaders, the providers, the, the ballers that we really want to be and not the ones that we're looking like we're trying to be. All right? Yes, sir. So without further ado, man, we really appreciate y'all for tuning in. This is episode four of Let's Talk Like Men, and we will see you next time. Until we out.